Hello and welcome to Mask Off, a podcast about life, perspective, and deep thought. So me and my sister have the same exact um, mental health, uh, what's it called, when you've been diagnosed, diagnosis, yeah. yeah. Um, social, extreme social anxiety and extreme depression, like hyper depression. It's in, like, clinical absurd. yeah, depression. clinical depression. Since um, when were you diagnosed? How old were you? Both 14. She's two years older than okay. me. So I watched her deal with her issues. Yeah. And by that, I mean, she didn't really deal with her issues. Um, my parents saw them and stepped in and helped minimal minimize the amount of time she had to spend in situations that brought up the the emotions because no one wants to see their kid sad or anxious you know it's it's brutal feeling but by doing that she hid from all the things that were growing up that learning opportunities you know whereas as she's going through that now two years down the line i'm now 14 and now my symptoms are starting to show up but i love my sister and i thought she needed the help so i didn't want to take away from them helping her deal with her issues or what I thought was helping her deal with her issues. So I kept everything inside of me, never told my parents, you know, I told my friends, but I was extremely depressed and extremely anxious from 14 till about a year ago. And I still deal with everything now, but I don't see it the same way. So Mm -hmm. I don't consider it the same thing. Um, But these illnesses, yeah, these illnesses is what continues to have this energy be with you yeah. in these, especially these social settings. Precisely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so what do you do So to overcome that energy? You say, yes, mm-hmm. yes, you can be excited, but what are you telling yourself? What are you right. thinking about? Are you thinking about the future? Mm-hmm. Are you thinking about the good? One thing that I do really quickly now, and it took me a while to do, is I compartmentalize. Is I know that, you know, when I'm ordering food and all of a sudden my stomach starts to do little loop-de-loops, if I just sit there and think about, oh my God, my stomach's doing this thing, I'm gonna get more anxious, I'm gonna forget what I wanted to order, and I'm gonna sit there with a blank stare on my face, staring at the waiter or waitress, and and just go <laughs> deeper like into my anxiety, you know? <laughs> so first of all, I'm like, all right, there's one mission here, it's to order the food. Hopefully, I've learned from the past and know that if I pick something out previous to the person coming, I can just blurt out what it is, you know? So I can put my car- compartmentalize (laughs) and remember what i wanted to order and just say it and then i get to come back to that feeling later and you know at this point i've already gone through it so now i can say how did i deal with that first of all do i know where it came from most of the time yes i'm able to trace it back to my younger um my younger years with my illnesses uh, Mm -hmm. and dealing with them but now i compartmentalized it I told what I needed to order and the situations in the past. And I didn't have a panic attack, did I? So now it's a good thing. You know, now that I'm reflecting on the situation and the way I felt during the situation, I know where it came from and I know how I dealt with it. And I'm proud of the way I dealt with it because I didn't have the same issue I had four years ago trying to order food. I didn't get all caught up with my words and I didn't sit there until my friend nudged me and I was like, oh, um, yeah, right, 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 uh, cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that wasn't so hard, was it? And then once I've done that, Next time going into the situation, preparing for the situation, not only do I pick out what food I want to order, I remind myself, hey, remember, maybe it was yesterday, maybe it was a week ago when you went out to eat food, you just ordered the food because you had remembered what you wanted to order and you spit it out the way you're supposed to and you didn't have to deal with all the anxiety running through you. So you know you can do it. So why 
why go through the whole process of being anxious about it again if you know you can do it? You've already proved to yourself that you can do it. Now move forward with the actions of doing it. And, and how did you learn to do this? You don't just jumping. wake up. Cliff jumping. Cliff jumping. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I'm when I pulled up to Oregon, I was I had hiked down to this waterfall, and it was a there was a log that was hanging 50 feet over the water. Um, and it was just this gorge and you had to jump from the top of the log into the gorge and float down the river to get to another waterfall. And at that waterfall, we had a bunch of rock climbing equipment and someone said, Oh, we need help getting the rock climbing equipment. So I'd already been down to the log and I was like, Oh, you know, I want to seem like someone who pulls their weight. So I'll volunteer. They just met me. I'll volunteer to go get that. Sure. But then they told me you had to jump off the log to go down there and help. And I was like, Oh, I've never jumped off something 50 feet off the ground. You know, I've only jumped 20 feet, which is still terrifying to someone who's scared of heights, which I am. Um, so I'm standing there on the log and I was like, I already committed to helping. I'm not going to just back out. Also, these people are professional cliff jumpers. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I'm sure they'd understand because they know not everyone is like them, but you want to, yeah, I want to at least too. show that like I can do. 50 feet and in their mind it's probably not the big of a deal but in my mind it was huge you know it's the biggest thing i've ever done at that moment and now the anxiety is going and i realized i was like i already committed to it the only scary part about this is leaving my footing on the log once i'm in the air it's going to be a little scary but then i'm in the water almost in less than a second really and then it's over and I've done 20 feet and I was scared to do 20 feet, but I jumped off and I got in the water and all of a sudden I could do it again because I've done it before, right? And so I was like, well, this is my first day of about a month with these guys. This is what we're gonna be doing every day. If I find an excuse to not jump off this log right now, I'll find an excuse every day after today to not jump off anything the whole time. And that's, to me, I was like, that's a waste of hanging out with a bunch of professional cliff jumpers. So. Mm. I think I should do it. So I was like, all right, I'm committed to the idea, I guess, even though I don't want to do it. But all I got to do is put this leg and that leg over the log. And yeah. then I'm gone. And, and then it's over. It. And so I did. I just said, all right, I've been thinking about this for too long. I took a breath and I just went for it. And everyone was like, what? Oh, he did it. No, <laughs> it's like, I'm in the water. And I'm like, I did it. That It's over. That was terrifying. I hated it, but I did it. And now I know I can do it again. So next time I'm standing up on a cliff, I have the knowledge and that I have the ability to do it. So stop compartmentalize about what I'm thinking about and know that the only tough part is putting my legs or jumping off of the ledge, you know, getting my feet off the ground. And so now and you I, use that situation yeah. and compare it to these very small things. Exactly. See, I'm it's interesting. all about metaphors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're a metaphorical yeah. person. Yeah. I've noticed that a lot of people go through near-death experiences mm -hmm. and then look at the world in a different way. Certainly. You know, yeah. and I kind of feel like it's this isn't the same thing, but I mean, not everybody gets to jump off a cliff, especially when you fear heights, especially when you struggle with social anxiety and depression, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. going through something so major and experiencing that mm -hmm. definitely has yeah, taken it's, a toll on you. You're using that as a metaphor for your the little things yeah. in life. That was, I you think, know? six months ago that happened. Yeah. And I still view it as a very you know, prominent time that it happened. You know, I... I I use that reference a lot mm -hmm. when I'm going through my daily activities or, or the motions and I'm able to look, reflect on that and use that to try new things mm -hmm. and continue to do things that I've done before, but yeah. I didn't like because of the way 
that my anxiety acted up in those situations. You know, I can look back and be like, you know, you could jump off a 50 foot cliff. You can go meet a new person, you know, like mm-hmm. you can introduce yourself at the party. You know, you can, you can do those things because you've done them before and you're still standing here. Yeah. You didn't die of embarrassment. You know, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't have to be so anxious about it right now. You can wait and think about it later. And the chances are when you think about it later, you're going to have something beneficial to look back on mm-hmm. and something to grow from. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Aiden Aliush and I grew up in majority of my life in Greenland, New Hampshire. In Greenland, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And so you were mentioning how you struggled with uh, mental illness. Yeah. In high school. And right. so what kind of kid were you then in high school, would you say? I would say I spent the better part of freshman, sophomore and maybe the first couple months of junior year, wanting to be quote-unquote cool. You know, mm. what mm-hmm. the people around me had considered, or what I thought the people around me had considered cool. And I had a pretty good idea of what it was, solely because I was friends with a lot of cool people, you know? Uh, because I wanted to be, I thought, you know, I, I needed to be, you know? Um, and so I hadn't spent much time learning about myself, so I didn't really know what made me tick. I just knew that, you know, I wanted to be like those guys, you know, and I, I spent a lot of my time and a lot of my free time thinking about how I wanted to be like really anyone else instead of thinking about wanting to be me or what being me even meant yes. at the time. So you were conforming exactly. to the society around you. you. truly weren't being your genuine self. So That's you were probably very unhappy. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, I would say that sums it up pretty well. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. I know you're, he is 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is you're not the traditional 19-year-old. Because true. you graduated high school. And what did you decide to do instead of go to college or work a job? Right. Um, I bought myself... A lovely little van, uh, a Ford Econoline with a little bit of a lifted roof, and I spent nine months saving money and building it out. I turned it into a mobile home for myself, and I took it across the country for two months uh, and lived out of it full time. Also, this was March of 2020 when he left, right? Uh, it was June 2nd, sorry. Oh, June 2nd. Uh, June 2nd of 2020 so this that is I COVID left. COVID Right, yeah. I turned Very 19 March of okay. 2020. Um, wow. Broke up with my girlfriend the day after this trip was supposed to be me and her. Um, but things weren't moving well. Mm-hmm. Um, we both realized that even though after two years of just trying to make each other happy, it wasn't, it wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. So kind of realized that maybe this isn't what it takes to be happy. We weren't what it took for each other to be happy. So we decided that we should move in separate directions. And luckily, I guess I, at the time I hadn't thought about it as luckily, but now I reflect and luckily I had something to do. I had this van that I had been working on for the two of us now just for me and a half big plan to travel with it. Um, and enough money to actually make it happen. Um, and so turn 19 the day, uh, day after my, or, yeah, sorry, broke up with my girlfriend the day after my birthday and spent one more month saving money or a month and a, yeah, a month and two days saving yeah. money. And then said, screw it and Did packed it. my van up and left. Uh, and that was terrifying. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. was my first big decision to spend time alone in my head. Mm-hmm. And with someone with a history of mental illness that has stopped me from ever pursuing my dreams, except for this one, 
that was a pretty terrifying thought to spend what I had assumed to be two months alone in a van, Mm -hmm. uh, just traveling. I knew it was what I wanted to do, but I wasn't sure if I was capable of actually attaining it. Well, because you Um, don't meet a lot of 19-year-olds from New Hampshire (laughs) who buy a van and drive across the country and then live out of it for months on end. Yeah, no, you You know, You really really don't meet a lot of people like that. I certainly didn't. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And still be okay. Yeah, Yeah, you know, and... Um, not experience any dangers because the world is a dangerous place. It certainly is. Yeah. Even though there's so much out there that's beautiful and loving and good, Mm -hmm. there's a whole lot that -hmm. will not move in the right direction. So I want to read you um, a quote that I... It's not really a quote. It's just kind of a saying that I read the other day and it made me think of you. And then I want you to tell me what you think about it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. So comfort is a drug. Uh-huh. Once you get used to it, it becomes addicting. <laughs> Certainly. Give a weak person cons- consistent stimulation, good food, cheap entertainment, and they'll throw their ambitions right out the window. The comfort zone is where dreams go and die. So tell me about living uncomfortably. Uh, first of all, I love that quote. Thank you so much. Yes. And I love that you thought of me for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. I think that living uncomfortable is the best use of your time personally i think that all that could possibly come from an uncomfortable lifestyle is consistent growth because you're never comfortable you're never in a situation where you're simply okay with what's happening because there's so much going on around you that you really aren't at peace with so you have to be thinking about it constantly and when you do that you get opportunities to reflect on how that makes you feel as a person and why and when you get to dive into those things you get to find little issues i don't want to call them issues but little things about yourself that you may like the way you deal with these things or you may not like the way you deal with these things and when you come to realize that it's your mind that's deciding how you're acting about these things and the way that you're acting when you find something that you don't like you now realize that you have the power to change your actions and in turn, change the way you think about it and the whole situation. Um, so living uncomfortably, in a sense, actually helped manage your mental illnesses and helped you grow as a person. And now I'm sitting in front of you. And when I right. first met you, you were so confident and strong and intelligent and, you know, wise, I think. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. genuinely. And that. it was really interesting because you're my age mm-hmm. and... Usually people think that about me, but right. I've never really looked at someone my own age and thought that about them besides, you know, some of my very closest friends. So mm-hmm. seeing that in you was... Just some random guy. Yeah. Extreme, you know, it was very extreme. You know, I'm not, I'm not used to that. Right. And you had done stuff that I had always wanted to do and I hadn't obtained that level of what I want to be as a person. And I looked around my life, I looked around my room and I realized I am so comfortable right now. That he is actually right. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just, you know, I'm complaining all the time. I'm wishing I had more. Right, right. And so I went and lived uncomfortably, and it, it helped. It you know? does. It's a beautiful thing when you, mm-hmm. when you start, to just lack the very, very basic things. You know, you can do it to extremes, and you can do it at lesser, lesser increments. You know. One thing that a lot of people, I think, some people should try if they don't want to, you know, mm-hmm. leave their their room or their house and you know hop in a car and go travel for months on end without any showers or or uh, a real bed or constant 
place to make food, you know, like those things. It might be a little too much for some people at some times, and I totally understand that. It's I understand. It helped me fast track everything because there was so little that I was used to that I had so much to think about constantly about how I felt about everything that I was doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was super beneficial, but that might not be the right track for everyone. But one thing that you can do that's just the right amount of suckiness and uncomfortable that will help is take freezing cold showers. Every time you take a shower, oh. take a freezing cold shower. Uh, first of all, Wim Hof has a lot to say on you know the benefits of cold water uh, and how it helps you focus and everything. Secondly, it just makes you realize that like some people don't have hot water. You know, a lot of people take freezing cold showers or can't shower at all, and it's just not that hard. Mm-hmm. I apologize to get for through my it. dog. It's all good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Take freezing cold showers. Take freezing cold showers. I've read so many things about that. Yeah. How you should take really hot showers, then really cold mm-hmm. showers. Mm-hmm. You know, even starting a new hobby and persisting through it. Sometimes things like that. Yeah. You know. No, that's a great one actually. Yeah. Because. We, we talked about this new. previously, mm-hmm. um, but when you take on a new hobby and seeing it through, a lot of people don't see through their hobbies because they're scared of failing. It's a hobby. It's okay to fail, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you take it to the next level of pursuing their dreams. You know, you said comfort zone is where dreams go to die. Yeah, because you're terrified of failing. If you're terrified of failing at your hobbies, then it's going to be a lot harder to persevere through your actual goals in life but if you start with persevering through your hobbies you'll start to gain some confidence at looking back at what you did telling yourself oh you know what i really wanted to get into making jewelry and now you're sitting there with a brand new set of rings and earrings that you made yourself and you know maybe your mom even said hey those are beautiful that's really gratifying and even if you just love them that's enough to to realize look at what i'm capable of you know and that's a perfect scale to get started um, changing the way you, you think about things. Um, pursuing your hobbies. Yes. Everyone needs to do it. Yes. It'll help you realize what kind of things you're into and what kind of things make you happy and what, what ways to spend your time doing things that are better for you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know? So what makes you happy? What are things? What are some of the happiest things that happen to you or you are just so grateful for that genuinely make you warm inside your heart? The conversations I've had with people on the road and now at home, this is one of them. I love this um, because it reminds me so much of the random conversations I'd have with strangers. Totally agree with you. While in bus stops, on the bus, uh, at gas stations, uh, ordering food, at the beach, uh, in the hospital. (laughs) A couple times I was in the hospital and I'm sitting there a little down on myself. Oh, I busted my toe open. I can't really walk and I live out of a truck and... You know, my only goal was to go hiking this weekend, and now I can't really walk. Also, uh, to make food, I got to stand up and cook on the back of my tailgate. So now I'm spending all this extra money to go eat out, and I'm stuck in the back of my truck with no friends around me because I drove to the middle of Northern California, and no one's here to help me out. So it's all me. But the guy I met at the hospital gave me this beautiful conversation in which he changed my perspective on outlook on my my own situation and realizing wow if this man sitting here with god knows what's going on can talk to me a stranger little 19 year old boy with a beautiful smile on his face then i can at least go through my day knowing 
that there's other people out there smiling and that should be enough for me to smile you know like that was something oh, that really got beautiful. me I was like, oh, that's so nice you know just seeing someone in obviously a lot of pain capable of putting on a smile for no reason yeah he had wow. no uh, i'm trying to remember the word like he didn't owe me a smile he didn't owe me a good mood you know he didn't owe me anything but he gave it to me anyways and that was enough to give me the energy and the positive vibes i guess um <laughs> to make my whole day better and probably my whole week if i had sat there in self-pity for a few more hours it might have lasted the whole day it might have lasted the whole week if i hadn't pulled myself out of it but luckily i was there the same time this other man in a ton of pain was there and he pulled me out of it without even trying and without any effort it seemed and that that was beautiful for me because it, it realized how much i can impact other people around me just by putting a smile on my face mm -hmm. the same way that guy did no so, yeah, yeah that, mm -hmm. that was that was so beautiful i really appreciate hearing that because i understand when someone is nice to you For and no kind reason. and yeah. they're just smiling mm -hmm. and you know especially when it's so random you yeah, know you right. don't expect it especially wherever you are if you're traveling mm -hmm. or even at home mm -hmm. you walk away after that five ten yeah. hour you know yeah. whatever it is mm -hmm. and it just feels good it does you know feel good. and yeah. it's it's communication mm -hmm. and positive vibes or yeah. optimism yeah yeah, yeah. so mm -hmm. radiating good energy is really easy to do mm -hmm. but no one really does it no or plenty of people do do it but it's really easy Harder to, to find, find the other people who aren't doing it yeah you know yeah and people get really comfortable not doing it yeah because you know we've all got our own things going on and it's really easy to feel bad about yourself. It's really easy to feel bad about the situation you're in, no matter what it might be. Whether it's you didn't get into the college you wanted to get into, or you have to pick up a shift on Saturday when you already had plans, but you know, you got in a car wreck and now you need to make the money, you know? And you, it's really easy to be like, wow, like I wish I could go hang out with my friends this Saturday instead. Or wow, I wish I could be going to the school I really want to be going to instead of just any school, you know? not everyone gets to go to school and some people are killing for your not killing but they're pining to get in the situation no you're in yeah some people are going through lots of trouble to get there and you have the opportunity to maybe not go to the best one or the best one in your mind but a school and that's that's still pretty damn lucky as mm -hmm. well as you have a job you get to pay for the you're fixing your car like that's awesome not everyone has a job here in america at least where we are in the northeast unemployment's really low. So lots, it's really quite easy to get a job. Everywhere's hiring. The Let's, flat tire metaphor. I live my life by this metaphor. Incredible metaphor. <laughs> incredible. So basically this is about the way we perceive reality around us and how um, there's what's physically real and what's perceived reality. Um, so in a situation of getting a flat tire, you know, two people get, or one person gets a flat tire. Now, based off of his his previous experiences, he's going to react to that situation differently. One person might get a flat tire and get real pissed off, and just get really frustrated. Wow, that's the worst thing that could have happened today. I have so many things to do today. I cannot believe that I have such shit luck and now I have a flat tire and now I have to, you know, I'm not gonna be able to get there because now I've got this flat tire and they're gonna sit there wallowing in self-pity and it's gonna take them an extra hour to get that tire changed because they're so caught up in the thing that just happened. Whereas another person might get a flat tire and realize, okay, I have all this stuff to do. 
I'm not going to get anywhere until that tire is fixed. So what am I going to do? I'm just going to take the tire off, jack the car up, take the tire off, put the new tire on and take the jack out and throw everything back in the trunk, back on the road. You could change a tire. I'm sure someone can change it in like 10 minutes. I can change a tire in like 25, I think, <laughs> maybe 30. <laughs> I um, know how to change yeah, a tire. Yeah, exactly. I feel glad. I, I'm glad I do know how to change a tire because I've been in many situations where I needed to. Um, but, and, and the reason I go to this metaphor is because I am both, or I am the person in the metaphor and both versions of that person I've been. So I've been the guy on my way up to a ski trip and I was... I was going on the way up alone and my friends were already up there skiing and I was going to make it for the half day. Um, but I wanted to get there right when the half day started. So I got the most for my money. I got a flat tire on my way up and I'm sitting there pissed off. It's freezing cold. It's kind of snowing. Um, and I'm like, damn, now I'm going to be late. I'm not going to get the full four or five hours of skiing that I'm going to pay for. Like, this is so annoying. It's my friend's birthday. I wish I could have been like, I should be there instead of here fixing this flat. And then I got sidetracked and I was like you know I, I'm gonna get myself a Snickers bar because I'm angry and it took more time and yeah, I know right um, <laughs> how that's, that's how I deal with things I'm <laughs> just kidding um, but um, damn. yeah it took me more time than it could than it should have to change the flat tire and you know getting angry I wasn't doing it properly I wasn't focused I kept you know banging myself banging my hands against the ground and busting my knuckles up on random stuff because I was all annoyed and then, so that was one situation where I dealt with that flat tire, and I, I showed up late, and it kind of made the rest of the day a little harder to be smiley about, even though I was on a beautiful mountain with my best friend skiing, doing something I like to do. Whereas another situation, I was in Oregon, and I had just arrived at a hot spring with 30 friends, and I was like, wow, this is cool. Like, I've never been to a hot, natural hot spring, and it's in the middle of a forest, the most luscious forest I've ever been in, Umpqua National Forest. And oh, the second I pull in, yeah, it was so beautiful. I want um, to go. Continue. Go. I, will, um, I will. Are you me? <laughs> I'm driving yeah. across the country in May, probably. We again. love that. We yeah, love that. Continue. Um, so I pull in <laughs> yeah. and I open my door and I hear this hissing and I'm like, oh, I know that sound. And I walk around to the back and my passenger rear tire is halfway deflated oh, and shit. as we're sitting there it's just going down the whole van is just leaning on one corner oh. and all of my friends are there that i just met and i was like you guys should just go to the hot spring i'm gonna have to deal with this and um i was like damn you know like i really wish i could just go in the hot spring and like not have to worry about a flat tire because no one else here has a flat tire it's just me like mm -hmm. the new guy i want to take this opportunity to meet new people and come and converse with them but instead i'm going to be out here changing a flat tire where everyone that else has, has fun but then i realized that the only thing that's going to get me in that hot spring out of the rain in the middle of the forest when it could be in a beautiful hot spring with new cool people is the fact that i got to change this tire if i change it i get to go in the hot spring you know if i don't change it i'm going to be stuck in this parking lot for how long until I change it. So instead I just got down on the muddy ground and I started changing my tire. And I, in my head I was like, well, I really don't want to be doing this, but whatever, what do I need to do? All right, I need to jack the car up. I need to take the bolts off. I need to get the spare off the back. I need to throw it on. I need to take it down, you know, blah, yeah, do, yeah. go through the motions. Turns out I didn't have any of the tools. I left them at a truck stop in Indiana. So instead, luckily one of my friends had a plugging kit. So I plugged it and I, I filled it back up and that worked for the night. And then 
it deflated again. Um, <laughs> so it deflated I, again? Yeah, it did. It was Bro. after I got out of the hospital. Okay. Um, but oh, at this point, yeah. Okay. So I got out of the hospital after three days in the hospital, and my tire was deflated. And I was like, I can't even go see my friends. So I was like, I got to fix the flat tire again. <laughs> it's never ending. But I was like, no, that's just how it goes. You just That's mm-hmm. life. There's flat tires all the time. And you get to decide, are you going to sit there, complain about it, and waste more time and, and further further worse in your situation or are you simply going to deal with the flat tire and move forward and i think that one reason why so many people have preconceived notions about things like flat tires is based off the way we're raised you know if you have a dad say you and your dad are on the way to go watch a movie together um it's friday night he's been working all week and this is his thing off and you know you're on your way to go see a movie and you get a flat tire and it's dark out and he gets out of the car and he's pissed he starts swearing and you've never heard him swear before so you know this must be bad and he goes through the motions but he does them all angry he's banging on the car and then he gets home and um you go see the movie and he's he's in a bad mood he yells at the manager of the store and then you get you don't get to see the movie because he, he squared at the co- at the workers and and now your weekend's ruined and you know that's all because of a flat tire right mm-hmm. wow flat tires must be terrible and now you're 16, you get your first car, you got a flat tire, you're pissed. Your flat tires suck. I can't believe this happened to me. Whereas a different situation, you're on your way to go see the movie. Um, once again, dark out, flat tire. Instead, this time, dad gets out of the car. Oh, looks like we got a flat. Oh, I got a spare in the back. Okay. And then he just gets in motion. Maybe he even pulls you out of the car and he's like, all right, bud, come watch this or watch me do this so that maybe someday you'll know how to change a flat tire. And he takes that situation and he turns it into a teaching moment and maybe a bonding moment. You know, it'd be beautiful if everything was like that with parents, but not everyone's perfect. Um, (laughs) But uh, that, that situation is now a good fond memory, or at least it's not a negative one because you learned something, your dad taught you something and you got, you still made it to the movie. Maybe you just missed the uh, first 10 minutes of trailers, you know, that's okay. You didn't get kicked mm-hmm. out. You got to see the movie. Um, and now, moving forward, you turn 16, you get a flat tire. Well, you know how to change it because dad showed you. And you're thinking about, oh, that movie was good afterwards, too. And I'm glad I got that opportunity to learn. Um, no, you changed the preconceived notions, uh, effect yeah. or notion that yeah. that previous thought used to have. Or yeah. that experience. That experience, yeah. yeah. Because everything, in my opinion, is mm-hmm. just experiences. Life is just a whole bunch of experiences, and well, then you I've die. Yeah. yeah. So can I ask? Um, <laughs> of course. Um, I was telling you about my own you know, mental problems right. I was having mm-hmm. when I met you, and you told me... Because you have overcome, you know, the social anxiety, in a sense, you're still overcoming the social anxiety and depression, Mm -hmm. but, um, how, how would you tell someone else to do it? How would you say, okay, you have, okay, you have anxiety. How would you tell them to approach a situation? Because you told me, don't go in the car and turn on sad songs right. and sit there and listen to a little peep right. turn on happy music right. and force yourself to be happy stop taking all yes. those ssris you know right. mm-hmm. get off get off mm-hmm. all drugs yeah just that, that's another thing that yeah. i know so not everyone I agrees want, with but i, I don't I like really, drugs for mental health but, no no yeah, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. i don't either i look for homeopathic ways right. and one more thing i want to add on to mm-hmm. before you right. expand something that really 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 resonated with me was how you can you're genuinely in control of your brain and can actually fix it yourself yes you don't need an outside source you only have yourself to fix it 
Yep. And that okay. I told that to one of my closest friends and she actually stopped taking <laughs> like, medical medication. I'm not as even As long as she's growing in the right you. direction, I'm so excited yeah. that she's, she did that because I, I don't want anyone to get off meds and, no, and go the wrong no, way. But, but you know, I, I personally believe that meds keep you at a plateau mm-hmm. and I don't think humans no. are supposed to plateau. I think we are always supposed to be going up and down up mo- more of the time than less, but life is up and down. Yeah. Plateauing is not living in my mind. Um, so taking on mental illness, mm-hmm. uh, I think that it is one for me, hundred percent attainable, and I think that I'm not special. I think that everyone can do it. So I don't want to, you know, go just make a statement and and degrade everything that anyone's ever felt by saying, you know, why are you still depressed? You have complete control of it. Just stop being depressed. But that is what I told myself, um, <laughs> and it took me many years to get there, but. After breaking up with my ex uh, and decide and realizing, well, I have time to to think about me and the way that I feel. You know, I'm not thinking about someone else's feelings. I'm thinking about my feelings only. Never done that before. Um, let's let's give this a shot. You know, I've been depressed and anxious for the last uh, five six years, and I, I've hated it. And now I've got this opportunity to to change my location and my geography with the van, but I've also got an opportunity to change my mental state, you know? And I thought that maybe changing my geography would do that. But I certainly have learned that that is not what it is. It's solely in your head. Um, And when I started having time to just be for myself and think for myself and feel for myself, I decided I'm gonna change everything. You know, if I'm gonna change my geography, I might as well change everything. You know, I'll change the way I eat. I'll change the way I see things, I'll change the way that I see myself, you know, I'll I'll change all these things. How am I going to do it? I don't know, but I want to. Um, And so I thought about all the things that have ever benefited my mental health issues in the past. Um, Talking to people who love me, you know, helps. When people are around being uh, being motivational and loving and caring, that helps, you know. So surround yourself with people that make you feel, make you feel their compassion for you, you know. So... That's one thing. Two, when I listen, first of all, I love Little Peep so, so much. Do I. But so do I. but when Felt I listen that. to listen but when only... I listen to Little Peep when I'm already somewhat in my feels, you know, Elevates. wow, do I yeah, <laughs> de-elevates. Um, but yeah, I can oh, yeah. really get sucked into the to the feeling that the music brings me because of it's so good. just being low. You know, like yeah. being in a low point in life, and That's... just I'm able to bring a a minor. <laughs> minor negative emotion all the way down to rock bottom in my heart because of the music I was listening to. Whereas I know that it's really hard for me to cry when I'm singing. So if I throw on a catchy ass beat and start singing the song that I probably like Hannah Montana, God, something terrible, but like, so what song do you like to put on? What song do I like to put on? I'm sad. Yeah. Sad. And then happy. You guys ever heard, um, Skechers? It's the TikTok song where the um, the guy with the accents talking. Yeah, he says, "Bang my line, one eight hundred big vibe." Yeah. Imagine trying to cry to one eight hundred big vibe, <laughs> like someone got in a studio and said one eight hundred big vibe, and if you're still crying after that, yeah. 
it must be bad. <laughs> like, it has to be bad. <laughs> no, I'm just but, no, 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 yeah. But you know, like, yes, that song to me, at least, I think it's so goofy and so out of pocket that I almost never fail to laugh or smile or at least be like, wow, it's, it's pretty entertaining that someone got in the studio and made this song and now I get to listen to it, you yeah. know? So it, it almost, insta- not instantly, but it takes away from all the negative because I get to think of how stupid and funny I find this one song, you know, and I do that a lot. I make sure that when I'm, when I'm in a lower headspace or a negative headspace, I'll put on fun music because I don't want to be there, you know. And when mm-hmm. you allow yourself to be there, which is okay because we're supposed to feel things, but when you sit <laughs> there for too long, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not just feeling it you're not just being like okay i have these emotions and that's okay because i'm a human and and we have emotions you're now at a point where you're like okay i have these emotions and i like the way it fits the vibe of the song and like you know for me i always found little peep and his music a little bit of an aesthetic that i could cling on to even though for him his music was not an aesthetic you know he he made that music because it was his music and it was him yeah and a lot of people that I know and myself for a period of time like that music because of the way it made me feel, you know? It made me feel like, yeah, like... Nothing matters. Being, yeah, nothing matters. Being low is cool, you know? That's, Feeling, yeah, like being depressed means that you've got some sort of personality and you can cling on to that, you know? Like when you're sad, oh, there's something so internally awesome. yeah. and you can express that to other people, especially when you haven't found something else to express to other people, like a passion or a hobby. If you're sad, there's a lot to be passionate about when you're sad. That's like your true. sadness, you know? Yeah. And I think I used it as a personality for a long time. One of my biggest fears when I was sad was being boring. You know, I didn't want to be boring. Oh, I've guess this what? before. When you want to die all the time, people don't tend to find that boring. You know, they tend to get a little intrigued for the wrong reasons, but they care, you know? And I just wanted people to care. And so I, I pitied myself really hard and I was pretty good at talking and so I made myself come off as this guy who had all these problems which they were problems certainly but at the end of the day I've realized that I was in control of all of it you know I was in control of how I reacted to all of it not what was happening but how I felt about what was happening and I wanted to feel sad about it because it meant that maybe the girl I was into would feel bad for me and you know, maybe she'd, yeah, yeah. she'd stay with me a that's little toxic. longer, you know? Yeah. That is toxic. That's not good. But I'm not really scared to say it because that's true. Yeah, and, and, and I'm not there anymore, you know? I'm very happy that I'm not there anymore. But that's I can't awesome. hide from that. That's that's what it was. And that's how it still is for a lot of people. And I know that. And I don't even know. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. Thanks. So we're yeah. at two things that you can do. Right, okay. To yeah, help music. mental illness. Right. Music was good. Music, okay. Third, exercise. Oh my goodness. Uh-huh. Um, first of all, exercising actually releases... Endorphins. Yeah, endorphins. And they make you feel good. Mm-hmm. First thing, that's part of a vicarious cycle. You know, mm-hmm. you're doing something that makes you feel good. Secondly, if you're doing it consistently, you're most certainly going to see results. When you look in the mirror, there's some gratification. No, it's not instant. And we're all obsessed with instant gratification. But True. when you get to see real gratification that you put the effort into and you can stand in that mirror, look yourself dead in the eyes or all over the place or what you did to improve yourself, that's real gratification. You know, that can't be taken away because someone unliked your photo, you know, 
you did that. That can only be taken away by you changing the way you're going about your free time, like stopping exercising or eating worse foods. You know, mm-hmm. when you actually commit to yourself to improve your physical health, your mental health will most certainly follow behind. I don't know at what pace, but it will follow behind because you are doing actively doing beneficial things for yourself. And there's no hiding from how proud you should be of that. But another thing that's really hard when you're depressed, but is crucial, the way you talk to yourself. So when you're looking in the mirror, maybe you got yourself to eat better because you know you should and you know you're not full your heart's not fully in it, but you've been doing it for a little bit and you're listening to better music and it's kind of helping and you you're drinking good amount of water a lot you should drink a ton of water always your your life will change solely based off the fact that you're drinking a ton of water um but if you drink a ton of water and eat healthier and exercise right yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) good um if you if you're doing all these things and Mm -hmm. maybe your heart's not even fully in it but you just know you know i'm sick of feeling the way i feel and this dude on some podcast said that i should just change things and so i'm just going to give it a shot because he said he tried it and it worked um and so now they're, you're doing it and you've got all these other things down and you're just still, you're still like, you know, like, yeah, I guess I look better, but I'm not happier. Okay. Yeah. Obviously not. That's not how it goes. <laughs> it's, it's not linear. You know, we go up and down, but and we don't always love it and we don't always love the process. But when you look in the mirror and you see the progress you've made because you've been doing the things that actually benefit you. Instead of just looking in the mirror and being like, okay, yeah, I mean, maybe my arm, yeah, maybe my arm's got more defined, but Jackson next door has bigger biceps than me, you know, (laughs) which I've definitely thought, thought about many times. Um, But anyways, when I look in the mirror now, (laughs) my God, I hype myself up like nobody's business. I hype myself up the way I wished a girl would hype me up. That's actually the way I think about it is like, I'm stuck with myself all the time, you know? If you're stuck with someone all the time, would you rather it be the girl at school who always kind of called you names and you always thought she judged you a little bit and maybe behind your back she was saying some stuff and maybe she was pretty upfront about it, you know? She didn't really care how you felt. She just said it to you anyways. Or would you rather be stuck with your best friend who's always been like, yeah, you know, you should probably do that extra credit homework, you know? Like, you should probably, do you want to come to the gym with me? Like, do you want to get acai bowls for breakfast instead of... Uh, waffles like you know do you want to would you rather be stuck with which friend you know yeah yeah best friend yeah yeah but if you're stuck with yourself you only have you only have yourself you know and you are stuck with yourself so be your best friend like be the person who looks in the mirror and just every time you look in the mirror pretend it's your fake best friend you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah make up friends is what i'm telling you to do yeah uh no (laughs) but look at yourself and say Wow, like look at all that progress you've made. Even if you're not feeling it, say it. Keep doing it. Don't give up after one day because it didn't work. You know, you got to per- persist with these things. Like yeah, I did it I for months and I'd always catch myself in the reflection of my van window and be like, oh man, maybe you shouldn't have ate that extra muffin this morning. And then I'm like, hey, shut up. You, know, you love that muffin. You know, it's okay. You know, you've done a lot of pro- lot of things beneficial to yourself. You did a full workout yesterday. You're going to do one today. You also hiked, you know, like don't take away from what you accomplished because of a few things you did to make yourself feel good, like eating a muffin. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to go all the way, but bring yourself out of the comfort zone, you know, um, especially when it comes to the way you talk to yourself. Yeah. You know, 
be proud of yourself even when you're not proud of yourself. Tell yourself how much your opinion matters to you. I agree. Because you're stuck with yourself. And Always. the problem with that, mm-hmm. and you mentioned how like this is the way that you want a girl to be yeah. you know, telling yeah. you all this, but you only have yourself. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people today, you know, will be in very terrible relationships, yeah. especially people our age, you know, mm-hmm. and one of them is complaining and they just want someone to tell them it's going to be okay. Yes. You know, everything's going to be okay. You're beautiful. You're not ugly. And then mm-hmm. you feel good. Yeah. And then you move on to the next Guess guy or guy moves on to the gratification. next girl. Yeah. And when yeah. you're alone, you're, you just need, mm-hmm. you know, to be with someone who's going to mm-hmm. tell you that mm-hmm. you are beautiful. Yeah. And I mean, struggling. It's a struggle. It is a struggle. That's exactly how I felt. Literally all the time. I was like, I I need someone to tell me like, I'm not ugly or I'm not fat. Yeah. Same. Honestly, same. I thought I did for a while. I was too afraid though to Mm -hmm. even receive that because I was like, okay, I want someone to tell me I'm beautiful, you know, because I think I'm ugly, you know, Mm -hmm. because I used to think I was so ugly. Same. I used to think I was so ugly So I I avoided the mirror. Right. I was like, no way. Yeah. No way. You know? (laughs) Yeah. And no, I hated the mirror. I wanted to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then as I grew older, I started to actually learn to love myself. Mm -hmm. And I would look in the mirror and be like, oh, well, you know, my eyes are kind of pretty, you know. Yeah. I actually, I think no, they're dope. Think you should pretty. love your eyes. No, they're yeah. gorgeous. And yeah. my hair, yeah, it's thick and annoying, and I fucking hate taking care of it. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's pretty. It's, cool. it's curly. It's different and you know, it's awesome. at least yeah. I'm not bald. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least yeah. I don't have thin hair. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm lucky. Mm-hmm. And then now I look in the mirror and I know I'm beautiful and yeah. I know I'm amazing. Yeah, as you should. And it, and it feels so good. So now I don't chase that feeling mm-hmm. anymore. I think one thing I mm-hmm. should I would say is get single. Everyone should get yes. single. Um, yes, I agree. <laughs> and I know that's a pretty large blanket statement but you can still to throw have fun, out there. But you can yeah. still have fun. Yeah, Because totally. when you're young, don't commit to anyone. Yeah. Just have fun. Mm-hmm. YOLO. Yeah, you know? totally. Don't I commit. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's stupid <laughs> to commit our age. You yeah. Know? I mean, I know... My, my opinion. My yeah. opinion. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I definitely hear that. And I, I'm at... The, at this point in time, same way. I don't, I don't want to commit to anything. Mm-hmm. But I also know the way that I felt about people in the yeah. past. And I know that <laughs> I you know wouldn't want Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have wanted to give that up at the time. Yeah. And I couldn't, and I didn't, you know, very obviously, I didn't give that up. I didn't want to. And, you know, when you, I'm not saying give up on your feelings <laughs> and feeling things for other people. But at this point, so young, being able to just focus on our own emotions, I think is crucial because we are soaking up a lot of things and a lot of, we're learning so much right now. You know, you're getting out of high school or you're going into high school and you're maybe going to school or you're getting your first real job or whatever, you know, maybe you're 40, you know, but we're always growing and we're always soaking things up. And especially right now, it seems like there's a lot going on. So it's really nice to have someone there to talk about it with, especially when they love you, you know? But if you don't fully understand your own emotions and your own sense of who you are and like why you act a certain way when certain things happen to you or you haven't realized which ways you um, you deal with with the way with yeah. situations. Maybe you're misplacing you know? your emotions. Yeah, and that, to I, this that's other really person. easy. You're and, repressing it and not mm-hmm. solving your own problem. Yeah. Relying on someone else. Mm-hmm. But yeah. For me, I found it really easy mm-hmm. to throw my feelings my super negative feelings mm-hmm. out the window when I could focus on my girlfriend's feelings. You know, oh, yeah. if all I had to do was care about That's how she thing. felt, mm-hmm. I don't have to care about the way I feel. So I could feel any type of terrible 
but I can just focus on her instead, you know? Mm -hmm. Which means that now she has this person who's Mm -hmm. over analyzing everything she's doing. So that's not healthy, you know, of me to do. Um, And, you know, maybe (laughs) she wants. Yeah, I do recognize it. You know, I have to, or else, you know, if I didn't, or if I did recognize it and I didn't do anything about it, now I'm, who am I letting down? I'm letting down me, you know? And if I choose not to recognize it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, ignorance is bliss, sure, but ignorance isn't mm-hmm. doesn't lead to progress. It yeah. doesn't lead to a better version of you, and that's all I want right now is a better version of me. So if I just hide from myself and run away from the way I feel by diving into someone else and <laughs> metaphorically and physically, um, sorry. <laughs> um, uh, but if I do that, then that's a great way to to stump my progress and my growth as a person. What's another thing that you would say if you're struggling with mental illness, you can overcome it? Being honest with yourself. Um, You were waiting for this one. Yes, because this ties it all together. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I gave some good examples for for me. Like, those are examples I use um, and things I actively have to to think about on a daily basis that I use to, to keep myself in a better headspace. And when I get low, to remember, okay, all right, I'm low. Uh, first of all, think why? Why am I? Why am I feeling this way? Is there an actual reason? You know, like, did I? Is there a, situ- a situation going on that's making me sad, or is it just my mental illness mm-hmm. playing playing in on this? Um, and if it's just my mental illness, well, then I'm not going to beat myself up about that because I don't have control over that. I only have control on what I think about. You know, like. To an extent, even when you have mental illness, you, you lose a little bit of control, but you can gain it back. Um, so True. I'm like, all so right, control. You're right, yeah. Um, all right, I'm feeling this way. I can't find a reason for it, and I know I don't want to feel this way, but I can't just pull myself out of it because I know I actually have a real like a wound, you know, like some an actual problem in my head. That's okay. That's just how it is. Instead of beating myself up about it, damn, why do you always like? Why do you have to get there? Uh, why do you have to bring yourself out of out of a fun, good time to a lower place for no reason? Like, why can't you just have a normal brain? That's not helping anything. You're wasting your energy and only making it worse. Now you're beating yourself up over something you can't control. So instead, think about the things that you can do to make yourself feel better. And for me, that goes to the music, that goes to exercise, and that goes to surrounding myself with people who make me laugh my ass off. I'm super lucky. I'm pretty sure my two best friends are going to grow up to be comedians. Like, I swear to God, I'm never not laughing when I'm with them. So if I actively choose to sit in my room, Mm -hmm. listen to sad music, eat bad foods like Snickers bars, like after I changed my tire, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and be alone and maybe watch like a sad documentary or something, I have to be honest with myself and tell myself, you know these things aren't going to help you. Mm-hmm. You know you're wasting your energy and doing things that not just aren't helping you, probably are bringing you down. If I'm being honest, I know mm-hmm. bad food ma- makes me feel worse. You know, when I look in the mirror yeah, after yeah. eating a bag of chips, okay, so I don't feel good about that. Let me you ask know? you something. Mm-hmm. What do you fear most? Your biggest fear in life? Probably losing control. Losing yeah, control? Because so, I am... Wait, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. Losing control, that's interesting because we do say... You're a control freak, or do no. you mean losing control for your head? My head, your yeah. Head. The way yeah. losing control of my mindset. Mm. That's the way. You know, in a big fit of anger, 
you lose control, right? That's true. But when it only sh- lasts 90 seconds. And all you have to do is wait that 90 seconds. That's and right. then the feeling of anger is gone. Mm-hmm. And it's up to you with what you do mm-hmm. in those 90 seconds. Breathe. First and foremost, breathe. I, I usually just sit there and I'm like, ooh, cool. I'm angry because I never get angry. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just like, ooh, say, I'm, I'm angry. angry on a, this on is fun. On a pretty regular basis. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Men and tend I, to get yeah. more angry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so losing control. Losing control. Is yeah. your biggest fear. Certainly. Um, and So I don't That's drink scary. at all. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. He does not drink. I'm, I've he never drank. about to be 20 years old. And yes, yes, he's under 21. But he's an American <laughs> teenager. <laughs> yeah. And has never drank. Right. Has never been drunk, right? Never been drunk. I've accidentally yes. drank alcohol and I literally spit it out in a... Like while I was at a dinner table. So I spit all over the food in the table because I didn't want to drink it. Um, and people always think that's funny and little weird some a lot of people are really nice about it like wow you know that's actually good for you you know like good for you and that's not what i'm looking for (laughs) i do it because i know that people can lose control when they're drunk you know they do things that they're not they're not they wouldn't have done if they were sober you know Mm -hmm. when you get angry when you're drunk it lasts longer than 90 seconds (laughs) and guess what breathing through that 90 seconds 90 seconds is probably not your first thought when you're drunk. It's, man, well, I don't know. I've never been drunk. Never but been drunk. I've never seen someone breathe their way out of an angry situation when they're drunk. And as the only sober person at most situations, mm-hmm. I see it a lot. I think <laughs> that drinking alcohol opens the window to losing control really <laughs> wide. Whereas the window is not shut, mm-hmm. but it's not all the way open. And I think that the window opens when I start drinking. You know, I think that for a lot of other things too, but... That just sounds really easy to lose control by drinking, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's is, that's why I don't this drink. Is so fun. No, it's valid. It's valid. There's a lot of people who don't drink. It's because you know they grew up with alcoholic mm-hmm. parents or. A lot I of people know. ask me when I when I say I don't that's drink. That's why I asked. They ask if I if yeah. I was an alcoholic. Yeah. That's they're like, oh, were you an alcoholic? Oh, they ask you. If yeah, you yeah. Like, oh, and I'm like, they're so young. Yeah, I know. But it's real. Actually, I have a few friends. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Well, same. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, most of the time when I meet someone new and they <laughs> hand me a beer and I'm like, oh, I don't drink. And they're like, oh. Oh. How long have you been sober? And I'm like, 19 years. And they're like, wait, <laughs> how old are you? I'm like, 19. And they're like, you never drank? Why? <laughs> and I'm like, I just don't. Uh, sometimes I go into depth and sometimes I'm just like, I don't, I, I just don't feel like it, you mm-hmm. know? So do you live in the present? So I think about that so much. Um, I actually think about it way too much. Good, um, good. But yeah, living in the present oh. to me, mm-hmm. necessary. But living in your head, a little necessary as well. I think everything's a balance. A balance. Um, and I think that that's really important right off the bat to get out there. Is mm-hmm. that it's all a balance. You can't live in the present 100%. Well, you can. I'm not going to say anything is definite because nothing is definite. But... If you live in the present all the time, you're losing opportunities to grow because you're not reflecting on anything, you know? Every experience is just, it's just happening and I'm in it and that's it and then there's the next one and then, you know, and that's... Or you're thinking about the future. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's very true. And enjoying Mm -hmm. the journey. Exactly, and those are the different spectrums of it. You're worried so much about the future or the past that you remove yourself from the present so that you can hold off from anything negative happening and now you're not living whereas the other one you're living a little too much <laughs> like maybe um 
just so much that so that you're you're not fully understanding who you are you know mm-hmm. and uh and why you are you know yeah um so and, did you struggle with living in the present because you were too much in your head or vice versa um i think it was the other uh yeah first too one. much in yeah, your head too much in my head yeah. and for, so, for a while mm-hmm. so i was also like that so i'm curious to hear how you started living more in the present for me what helped it so very much mm-hmm. was the people i had surrounded myself with because they were um, living in the present extremely they're mm-hmm. extreme sports junkies and amazing people but wow did they know how to be in the moment mm-hmm. and to do what they were doing the sports that they were doing and i was there watching yeah it takes a lot of i'm here right now you can't fully think well you have to think about the outcome enough to make sure that it happens properly but to remove yourself from the present and worry solely about oh my god remember i'm training the one time out of 10 times that i screwed this up or like that one time last year when i took that fall and it hurt so bad from this height you know like and i'm doing the same height for the first time like Oh, that's a recipe for disaster. So you you kind of got to be, okay, I'm here. I'm on top of this waterfall and there's the water below me. And right now I'm going to do a side stall side flip and I'm going to crush it, you know? Now watch this. And then he jumps and he tucks and he opens and he tucks again and then he lands beautifully. And it's like, wow. And then... He's got all that time to celebrate. He's not thinking about anything. He's right there in the moment, thinking about how we just stomped that, thinking about all all of our friends are right there cheering you on, you know? And I'm like, this, I want to be here. Because the energy that I felt when someone jumped and landed and everyone was there cheering him on, I was like, I want to cheer him on. Like, wow, that guy just did something amazing. He pushed himself so far for so long to be able to do that. I have to just be right here in the moment, giving him the credit I believe he deserves and I, I don't have to do that but I wanted to do that you know and I and I one you know, I barely had service most of the time so there's no need to be on my phone you know second there was so much energy around me through the people that had been around me that it was so easy to get lost in it and be fully present with them mm-hmm. experiencing so much and first of all I just met these people all of them all like 30 or whatever 30 40 and um there's a lot to figure out as to who they were, you know, and and I wanted them to find out who I was. So I needed to be there with them one on one or one on 40, <laughs> like actually learning who they were. And I really wanted to because to me, this group of people was the most fascinating thing I've ever stumbled upon. And I, I wanted to learn. So I wanted to put my phone away, put my thoughts away and focus on what it is that makes these people tick. And I loved what I was learning. And that helped me take myself out of the worrying about, you know, who who I'm being in the moment, you know, and being so worried about how I'm acting that I forget to be there, you know, and learn about and watch and enjoy. Um, But when I did that and learned so much about everyone, I was able to take some time every night before going to bed to be alone in my van and reflect or maybe I'd go cook alone on top of this cliff and and watch the sunset and then go meet up with the group later but I was always taking time to reflect as well maybe just driving between waterfalls taking that time to reflect on wow I've learned so much from um, Rob today and what he went through to to train to be where he's at now you know like that's a beautiful thing and 
you know, I spent so much time today just being there, just existing with this group of people in these beautiful environments. I'm so proud of myself for just sitting there and being being a human who happened to be in the middle of the forest, jumping off of waterfalls and hanging out with other people. Mm-hmm. You know, just that simple. Just be like that and then later being able to reflect on that and being like, wow, what can I pull away from that yeah. that's beneficial to me? Yeah. Um, and there was a lot, so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that helps ample amounts because these people are not on their phones most of the time, you know? A lot of them have big social media followings, um, and so they post, certainly. But I found that most of them have a pretty good handle on a balance between, you know, living the lifestyle that they actually want in the moment and presently versus what they were just... They're not portraying something false on social media. These people are just... They're living their lives, and when they have a moment, getting breakfast or making... You say maybe went to Starbucks for the first time in a, a week. Oh, yeah, there's Wi-Fi here. Time to post something, you know, and they find the opportunities to do it because that is something that, you know, benefits them. And like, I can't speak for any of them. Um, you know, for me, social media benefits me in certain ways. So yeah, I do take time to focus on it every now and then. But I also know that if I allow it to, social media will use me instead of me using it. And so... I know I have to find a balance there and that's a constant little thing I get to play with because you know, you don't always win. But um, mm-hmm. but there's a lot to learn there, especially when you don't win. Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. so if you spend all day. You know, I wanna get over my, my actual fears. Mm-hmm. I wanna get over my anxieties, I wanna get over my depression, I wanna get over um my my uh the self image issues because I had a lot of them. Um and I, I just committed to it and I really started actually pursuing everything I wanted to change by consistently being honest with myself Mm -hmm. and digging deep and finding the roots of problems. Mm -hmm. And if I could find something about me that I could change in order to better the situation, actually do it to the best of my abilities Mm -hmm. and be able to say at the end of the day when I'm going to bed, yeah, you fought your hardest today. You know, like you fought your hardest to be happy today. And yeah, that's fucking tiring. Like, holy shit. As a depressed, anxious person, that is so hard to do. To to look yourself in the eyes and say, I did the actual best I'm capable of today. And tomorrow, I'm going to do the same thing. And knowing that, wow, is this, like, is this really... I have to wake up every day and put my, my best foot forward and put the most amount of energy I can into being happy. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so tiring. Yeah, but it gets easier because you're training yourself how to be happy from the ground up you're not happy if you want to be happy you have to actually actually do it like put everything into it and happiness is like (laughs) it's not what you think it is and so when you have a pre just like love you know you got a preconceived notion of what's happiness you know maybe it's sitting on a beach with your friends yeah someone else's happiness isn't your happiness And, like, your happiness probably isn't even your happiness yet. Like, you probably don't know it. Like, you know, for me, I thought I didn't know what my happiness was. I thought it was, you know, having someone that loved me or, like, you know, that's what I thought it was, really. That's all I really wanted. I thought I'd be happy if, like, you know, I got, if I fixed the problem 
which was I wasn't getting the love I wanted from my parents. So I was like, I'll find it in someone else. You're a hopeless romantic. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, if I just get that, I'll be happy. Guess what? Didn't happen. Didn't work. Guess where my happiness comes from now? <laughs> Being alone. Like, that's a plot twist. Know, um, but do, but you, like, do you ever get lonely? Totally. 100%. Um, which is weird. But it's not even that. It's I love con- conversing. Like, my goodness. I don't know if you could tell. I talk a lot. So like... When that's not okay. there, yeah. trust me, I talk to myself, like, a lot. Which is a sign um, of intelligence. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> but, Someone told me that okay, once, I was all like, right. all right, I'm cool. not crazy. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm crazy, I just, I like the way me I too. talk with myself, especially because crazy I'm honest with myself. Crazy people awesome. Yeah. yeah, totally. I think I mean, the weirder, crazier, more mental illness problems you have, you are so cool. Certainly I, makes for an interesting life. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. And then you're, they're just genuine, like, yeah. I don't give a be crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, do weird shit. Yeah. Just start doing cartwheels on the ground. Yeah. My at only dinner. thing is do not put oh. negative energy out yes. to other people. Yeah. So if you're going to be crazy, yeah, yeah, go yeah. for it. Just don't harm but you anyone know what else it, in yeah. the process. You know? But you get lonely still. So totally. Uh, is that something you struggle with? Um, Occasionally. you don't just grow out of being a hopeless romantic. You know? No, yeah, you definitely yeah. don't. Yeah. And I can 100% say that I have not. Um, <laughs> but being lonely, I think... What is that feeling for you? Loneliness. Loneliness. What is that... Uh, I think for me, I feel it the most when I'm on a bad day, you know, and, you know, it's just I woke up on the wrong side of the bed and I'm not feeling my best and this happens plenty of times, but then something else happens, you Mm -hmm. know, like something I wasn't expecting. A situation has been put in front of me and I'm already not in my best mindset that I know I could be in and maybe I'm, I'm just that tired. I'm like, you know... I want to put my best foot forward today and I'm still going to try, but like today it feels harder than yesterday and the day before. And now I'm confronted with this situation that sure does look like a negative. And my goodness, is it going to be easy to write this off as a negative, like busting my toe open, you know, like Mm -hmm. after waking up and being like, oh, tired of this, you know, like kind of tired of just same shit to be in, you know, like living on two inches of foam on top of a hardwood bed, calling that a bed, quote unquote. For two and a half months, you know, after two months, I was like, wow, you know, kind of want a real bed to sleep on for a night or two, but knowing I don't have the money for that, so I don't really care. I'm just like, whatever. Um, <laughs> and then I'm like, you know, like, I got to make breakfast, which means I got to completely change the whole configuration of my truck so that I can cook out of it, pull out, you know, everything is on me at all times and I'm always just relying on myself, which mm-hmm. is how I've learned to control my mindset is by mm-hmm. controlling the actual, like when I have to cook, well, I'm the only one who's going to cook for me because I'm alone in a pickup truck in the desert, you know, like, <laughs> um, I gotta, if I want food, I just gotta make sure I bought food, pull out my whole kitchen setup, cook it mm-hmm. and then eat it and then do the dishes and then put everything back and clean it the way it should be so that when I move on to the next place, I don't have dirty dishes sitting on my bed. Like, mm-hmm. that's disgusting. I have to keep it, you know, nice and tidy. But sometimes you don't want to wake up and yeah. and make your coffee and then make your food. You want to just have it there. Or you want someone to be like, oh, I'll do it for you today. You know? Yeah. And when you're already there and you're, like, a little tired of being alone and then something, like, that incapacitates you, like, I couldn't – I had to keep my foot elevated for two days yeah. So that meant I have to lay down. The only place I can lay down is the back of my truck. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, wow, if I want food, 
I'm going to have to endure the fact that my toe is going to throb for hours after I do this. And yeah. like, or it might just start bleeding again or whatever. Like, all right. So metaphorically. I, yeah, metaphorically. Um, how would you describe loneliness? Wanting to rely on something that I own someone else for a little, for a change. Wow. I think for me, that's the way I, that I do. Like, so that's something you, so, because you're coming off as such a perfect, you know. <laughs> well, person. I train myself to you know believe I mean? that I, I'm, well, because I, I want to be, you know, yeah. the best version of myself. Yeah. So that means yeah, I got to yeah. act like that's it right. most yeah. of the time. So most of the time, yeah, I can tell myself, yeah, you, you are the version of you that's going to get you to the version of you you want to be at least, you know, mm-hmm. like, because I'm never going to get there, but. As long as I'm, I can feel as though I've got both of my feet firmly planted on the stairs up to the room that's gonna have me mm-hmm. that I'm, I want to be. <laughs> like I'm okay with that. That's exactly how I want to be. But like, yeah, it's not always, you know. And but when it happens, I, I deal with it, you know. Yeah. So I don't I don't I don't sit there and I, I don't I don't let it soak in all the time. Mm-hmm. I just think, okay, yep, there it is. That's those are the things that still make me human because <laughs> mm-hmm. my God, I'm not perfect. I just want to be, you know, know. Um, in know my own mean. head. And mm-hmm. like, so I, then I have to, you know, really put my, my own words that I am out here spewing mm-hmm. to work. Like yeah. for real, like I can't just be like, oh yeah, that's what I would tell someone else to do in this situation. Mm-hmm. I got to be like, all right, I'll tell myself to do it. No, no, fucking do it because mm-hmm. no one's going to do it for me. I am once again, alone in a pickup truck in the desert, and it's no one's sad. gonna fix my day. I know, you but know? it's still like, sad. It's, I don't know. Well, you can get, see it as sad if I you get, want to. Because I, I get lonely even right. still, even though I'm all about you know loving myself and being a strong, mm-hmm. independent woman. Cause yeah, that's my whole mantra. You yeah, know? but you know, I still, you know, I'm a human. I'm We're a, all yeah. You know, I have yeah. emotions, mm-hmm. and I just. It's sometimes it is hard, you know. It certainly I think, is. yeah, I, it, no, I you can't repress, you I can't, can't put it away easy. forever. Yeah, you know? no, you can't, and it will come out, and yeah. especially it's just it sucks to get let down though, too. That's very know? true, you know. Um, but like, if you don't let yourself down, oh, it gets a lot easier to go up, you know, yeah. because <laughs> you're sitting there with the, this you're is funny. this is the flat tire, you know, like those <laughs> those feelings are flat tires, every single one of them. Life is a flat tire, yeah, life is just one big flat tire. <laughs> Just fix the flat tire and keep driving. Um, no, I'm just kidding. No, yeah, no, no, but yeah. But kind of, yeah. But kind it, of, It kind yeah. of is. And that's like one thing I, I tell myself a lot, you know, like, yeah. and totally I have to. I'm going to say that to myself. You should. <laughs> you should fix the flat tire I'm, and keep going because you're not time. going anywhere yeah. when you're sitting there complaining about the flat tire. Yeah. Because the tire is still fucking flat. It's, and like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read somewhere it's not nothing is hard or easy. It's yeah. just a little effort or a lot of effort. Yeah, and that's that's, that's it. another thing uh, that pisses people off when I talk to them. Yeah, is like you say, hey, I'm gonna do my own horn, because it's because you said it. Uh, you said you come off as this perfect guy. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, like perfect guy about like you can put your ideas into yeah. motion. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, but one of the ways that like makes me believe that I can actually do that is by telling myself it is easy to fix a flat tire. Mm-hmm. You know, when that tire's flat, it's the same amount of effort as it was when I was angry. It's the same amount of effort it was as it was when I was pissed off or as I was when I was happy or yeah. not happy, just did it, you know, and yeah. moved on. Yeah. So I know that and I know, same thing with jumping off cliff. It's only as hard as getting off the cliff. That's the only hard part and then you're in the water and it's over, you know? So 
if I just put the effort in to jump off the cliff or fix the flat tire without the complaining part, then what do I have to be sad about, you know? And like, it, it fixes the issue kind of mm-hmm. most of the time. It's like, wow, I'm sad, I'm lonely. Maybe there's a situation I can actually just go meet someone and like, you know, maybe I'll hop on Tinder and just try and find someone to have a conversation with. Maybe I'll go to the homeless shelter and and talk to someone who might need an ear, you know, like that might help me uh, and help them. You know, that's beneficial for two ways. That's, I love that. Uh, Maybe I just want to be alone and sit in my sadness, but where is that going to get me? Mm -hmm. You know? And I know that that is the same thing as sitting on the side of the road with a spare in the back of the car and not fixing it. You know, like I know because I've done it before that I can get myself out of a negative headspace. So why would I, and at this point, if I know that, I know it's a choice to not do it. So if I'm being completely honest with myself, I'm just letting myself down by not choosing to do something that might benefit the situation. If I choose to sit there and wallow, that's on me, you know, and it's only on me because at this point, I try and make everything, all the all the things a choice that I make. Yeah. And that way I, I'm i the only person that can let me down. Mm-hmm. To an extent, people can still let you down. But, you know, it's easier for me to be like, no, that person doesn't owe me anything uh-huh. when I feel like I don't owe anyone anything, you know? Yeah. Um, but that yeah. that relates to a lot. Like, no, me, that's just, everything. Yeah. That's you know? everything. Yeah. That concludes the entire episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. And if you have another four minutes, stay on the episode and listen to this song that I think you would enjoy. I used to fall apart, lose myself and give my heart. Shady places mm-hmm. I used to Sit and stare Now the light runs through my lashes oh, It's taken 40 years Blood is sweat and tears Show you how to start
Kisses, I 